at uh, lots of things, and I mean it teaches us the fact that God does have an issue with, with, with pride. And so what we need to do every time we come into the presence of God is exercise true humility. And that's not poor self-esteem, folks. What that is is total dependence. Yeah, blessed are the poor in spirit is what that first um, uh, um, uh, beatitude claims. And that's basically, that's not poor self-esteem. That is basically understanding that unless God does it, it doesn't get done. Now, we understand that he's able to do exceeding abundant above all that we ask or think, but it works through the power that works through us. And of course, we understand that was made available to us with New Testament salvation doctrine through the baptism of the Holy Ghost. See, the Spirit is what does these things, not by might, not by power, but by thy Spirit is what Zechariah prophesied. He said, it's coming a time, praise God, Joel did too. He said, when I'm going to pour out my Spirit, not just a trickle, not just give it to Moses here and then give it to Elijah over here and maybe a few others over here. No, God said, I'm going to wholesale this thing. I'm going to make it available to every person who wants it in Jesus' name. And that is the power, folks. It's not us, it's Him, praise God. And grace is the explanation. It's what explains it to us. We, we look at ourselves and we go, God, why would you do this? Well, because he loves you. God, why would you do this? Because this is what I want to do. God, why would you do this? Because I want to demonstrate to a world that there's an almighty God that can't, that doesn't only create worlds, but he saves human beings in Jesus' name. That's what he does. I'm telling you right now, that's where you're at right now. You have the privilege to come into his presence, praise God, in Jesus' name. Oh, my goodness. What a mighty God we serve. There's nobody like him. Oh, hallelujah. There's nobody like him. And so the Bible teaches us that we need to learn how to submit, which is when you don't agree, praise God. And then it says we need to learn how to submit to God. And then it says resist the devil and he will flee. Come on, does anybody feel the devil around here? Neither do I. He's not even, he's probably, probably miles away by now. Praise God, because this kind of stuff chases him off. He doesn't like this. What this does is remind him of the privileges he had in heaven. He had access to stuff like this at one time. But, but iniquity, pride in his heart got to a place where he said, I want to be the, the big one here. See, that's why we must submit to God and we must learn how to humble ourselves before him. Because as our children beautifully taught us this morning, how many gods are there? Come on, that doesn't make room for you and I then, does it? That means we got to accept him as the one and only and all-powerful God. And when you begin to do that, praise God, I'm telling you something, something begins to happen. I'll, I'll show you in Scripture what begins to happen. The Bible says in verse 8 there of that fourth chapter of the book of James, it says, draw nigh unto God and he will draw nigh unto you. In another place in Scripture it says he will confirm his word with signs following. See, God will honor his word, no matter who, who is saying it, praise God. And that's why we have the privilege to bring him close, and that's what has to happen. Amen. He's been directing angels in this place ever since we began. And that's not spookiness, folks. That's just the way it is. They hearken unto his word. They excel in strength. I'm talking about the ministering spirits that are sent forth for those that are heirs of salvation. Not to them, but for them. And praise God, that's what we get in this place in the name of Jesus. Now listen, before we sit down and hear a little bit of a lesson here this morning, let's do something else. Let's take this another step further. How many people, how many right here in this room do you know somebody who needs to be saved? 
Oh, my goodness. That's called outreach. Let's take advantage of that right now. Why don't you lift up both of those hands in faith and begin to pray for them right now. Call upon the Lord for them in Jesus' name. Every place we go in this city, Lord God, I pray right now, Lord God, that the ground is being plowed up, whether it be the primrose, the jail, whether it go to homes with home Bible studies. God, wherever we are going in this city, we're proclaiming this online right now, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, that you are the one and only true God, and that you're word is the thing that will direct us to true salvation and that Lord God you did die and you did be buried and you were rose again from the dead and Lord God that re that reciprocates in us through repentance baptism in Jesus name and the receiving and the baptism of the Holy Ghost and I thank you for that Lord God touch every one of these people right now Lord God I believe in the spiritual realm you are doing that in Jesus name you are reaching out Lord God you are touching them Lord Jesus and I believe that you're going to be begin to draw them. You're going to begin to draw them to you in the name of Jesus by your word and by your spirit, Lord God. It is going to happen. It is even happening right now in Jesus' name. According to your word, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. That's right. Come on. You believe God. He's touching those folks right now. He's doing something right there in their homes. He's doing something right there at the job. He's doing it because he's God. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. And I give you the praise and I give you the glory. Come on. Why don't we do that one more time? Point to somebody and say, I'm glad you're here, and you can be seated. The Lord bless you. Mm, hallelujah. Wow. What a place to be, huh? The house of God. The church of the living God in Jesus' name, which really, by the way, is not a building, it's people. You're the one, you and I, we're the ones that make up the church. And I'm so glad, praise God, that we can be a part of God's church in these last days and be directed to whatever he wants to do, praise God. Scripture refers to the fact that when we, when we decide to, to receive what, what God has done for us, and that sometimes can be in layers, that sometimes can be in weeks and months, and sometimes it can be in instants, in minutes and seconds. People can have their eyes open, I'm talking about not just physically, but in the spiritual realm. And pretty soon they see and they go, whoa, that Bible, it, it, it's saying things. And for the first time I'm looking at that and it's speaking to me. It's speaking right to me, praise God. And when people realize that, there, there's things that can begin to happen immediately. God doesn't put anybody on probation. He doesn't, you know, say, well, you've got to get to this certain level before I'm going to, you know, work in your life. All we have to do is learn how to receive. Receive is a very, very New Testament, well, it's a biblical word, but in the New Testament, we see that. Receive ye the Holy Ghost. This is what was proclaimed. And what that means is, is in, in the Greek, in, in, in certain areas, it just simply means to accept it. Accept what God's doing. Don't sit there and try to analyze it and, and, and explain it. Just receive it. I was talking to Brother Jerry this morning before service, and we were talking about some situations, and, and, and I looked at him, and I said, you know, it's kind of like trying to explain to somebody, I got the Holy Ghost. Remember the first time 
Somebody, what did you do? Man, Sunday night, I got the Holy Ghost. Well, what's that? Well, it's, uh, you know, and you kind of stumble around a little bit, and you just, you try to fill them in on what the actions that took place. But really, you know, for the, you know, we really don't have a clue. We just know that God came into me. I begin to speak in another language that I never spoke before. And all I can do is accept it. Accept it, praise God. And that's all God is asking you to, to work on on a regular basis. He's not asking you to explain His Word. That will come later. Through study and diligence and consistency, you will be able to stand up in front of people just like these young people did. And you're going to be able to proclaim the Word of God and have an explanation. But at first, you've got to learn to be like one of these little kids, and you've got to receive it. Receive. In fact, the Scripture gives us a, 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 you know, a way to do that. It says to receive with meekness. Amen. Meekness and humility are very closely related. Amen. It's, it's, it, it comes back to that fact that I'm totally dependent on God. Amen. And so once you do that and you begin to um, walk in that type of a, a, of, of a lifestyle for a while, it does. It actually begins to take a lot of the pressure of life off. Because we think we got to come to the table with a lot of stuff. No, we just need to come to the table. God is just teaching us to, that, that he can help us to have good character. And the, one of the first characteristics that we need to, to apply is the characteristic of faithfulness. I'll be there, God. I'll be there. You know, I'm clearing my schedule. That's what happened to me in Dubuque. When I first came to a church like this in Dubuque, Iowa, you know, I wasn't used to coming to church every week. I wasn't used to even being faithful to any group of people. I was kind of one of those wanderers out there just looking for the big explosion. But when God led me, and it was God that led me to the Apostolic Pentecostal Church there in Dubuque, and, and immediately God said, this is where I want you to be. Now you start being faithful to this. And that's what I would do. I just would arrive. You know, and, and my mom taught me this. She was one, my dad wasn't, but my mom was, be there early. And it's because part of it was she was only four foot 11. And so she always wanted the front seat. And so when we kids, we didn't want to go with her because we knew where we were going to be. It's hard to misbehave in the front row. It really is. You got everybody that wants to be a parent up there. You screw around up there, man, everybody's going to hit you or whatever. And so that's what she would do. So she would always arrive early. And so I guess I kind of, that osmosis had got a hold of me. And so that's what I would do. I would come to church early. Amen. And God would just reward and he would show me, praise God, that this is the way. Now he says, start learning some things and applying these things. And, and God can, can really, really, really help us in that area in Jesus' name. And so no doubt there's some under the sound of my voice, whether online or here in person, that that's where you're at, praise God. Well, enjoy the journey in Jesus' name. Praise God. And so the scripture says in Hebrews, it says, having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. It says, by a new and living way, which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh. His flesh became the veil, praise God. And it was, and it was given, sacrificed for us. Most of you or some of you are, are aware of the fact that in the Old Testament, there was something that God had Moses to build. It was called the tabernacle, the tabernacle in the wilderness. And it was built in a way that they could, they could pack it up and they could move it. And of course, that was upon God's choice. The tents were to surround that, that tabernacle. It was to be the focal point of their life. Amen. And so when they got up in the morning, you know, their tent doors would be facing that tabernacle. 
And of course, in the Old Testament, the presence of God was demonstrated by a cloud or by fire. You know, and so the, the, the instruction was when that cloud is up in the sky, you know, you know, that's, that there, there's a sign, praise God, that you, could, you're, you get ready to pack up and we're going. When that cloud rested upon the tabernacle, that was meant to stay. Now, I don't know about you, but that's pretty simple instructions. There wasn't anybody, a three-year-old in that camp could walk out and say, well, I guess we're staying. Come on, I'm telling you, a lot of things of God are that simple. And I'm not trying to belittle anybody. I'm certainly not trying to denigrate you. I'm just trying to help you to understand that catch the obvious things of God. Amen. God does extend his love to you. That's very obvious. Not because of what you do, but because of who he is. Amen. But in that tabernacle itself, there were three, actually three different dimensions. Lights. There was a natural light. There was a provided light, and then there was a supernatural light. Those of you that are students of the word, you know what I'm talking about. In that courtway, and by the way, there was only one way into that tabernacle. That was on that east side, that 30-foot gate. Man, you couldn't go in any other way. Well, you could, but you were jumping the fence, and boy, that was obvious. People knew that you were trying to get in another way. So there's only one way to get into that tabernacle. But when you got into that tabernacle court, and that's what it was, you know, there was natural light that, was, that you could see the things that were going on during the daytime. And so there's natural light, praise God. Even in this world right now, there's natural things that are telling us, I better get right with God. I better be getting a relationship with God. Things are kind of falling apart. And again, I'm not being critical. I'm just being observant with the natural light. It doesn't take spirituality to recognize that our country's in turmoil. It doesn't take spirituality to recognize that, man, we've got some tough roads ahead of us. And that's not pessimism, folks. That's the natural light. But then you went in, there was a building in that tabernacle, which was divided by two-thirds and one-third. And the two-thirds was called the holy place. And that's where just um, the appointed ones, the priests, would go in on a daily basis, and they would offer sacrifices unto God. That's what they would do. They didn't just go in there and, and kick back and say, well, let's just wait for God to do something. No, they were doing something in there. Amen. They were doing something in the outer court too. That's where the sacrifices took place. But in that building, praise God, that's where the priests went every day. And they would offer sacrifices and there was provided light for them. There was a light that was instructed to be lit every day for them. In the New Testament, that's a, a demonstration of that is God's word. If you want light in this dark world or this natural world, you're going to have to have some provided light. And that's why his word is so important. The word is because the psalmist says, thy word is like a lamp unto my feet. And so the provided light, praise God, is there. Amen. But then there was another third, one third of that building was held for just one. One person could go in there when that Ark of the Covenant was there, and that was the high priest. And that's where the Holy of Holies and the place was called the Holy Place, rightfully said. Because the tabernacle was, again, a representation of the presence of God. But the priest would walk into there, and that's where the atonement offering was given. And the Shekinah of God would come down. Supernatural light would come. And man, things would begin to make sense. Things would begin to be revealed. Well, the good news is, is that we don't have to go to a wilderness and go to a, a tabernacle in the wilderness. What God has deemed in the New Testament is now we. 
We are the temple of God. That's why the baptism of the Holy Ghost is such a privilege because God has decided he wants to dwell in people. And that's the difference. Amen. That's why when I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, even though I did not know a lot of what it was, I knew something had happened. I knew there was something big that came into my life. And boy, there was some ambition and there was some um, hunger. I want to find out about this. And for the last almost 43 years, folks, that's exactly what I've been doing. I've been on that quest. I want to find out about God. I want to find out what he's got going. And it's because he's decided to dwell in us. Now, that doesn't give us a license to go out and be stupid and to behave any way we want. That should give us, that should give us a, an incentive to say, I want to be holy like these kids were saying this morning. I want to be pleasing to God like our brother T taught on, on, on Wednesday night. I want to do things because God has allowed himself to come into me. And that should always make a difference. That shouldn't be some stupid debate. That should be something that says, God, I want to do all I can do for you. Come on, can somebody stand up and give God some praise for that? Oh, hallelujah. Wow. And I understand, you can be seated, I understand that that takes people back a ways because, man alive, we got a world full of agendas. People running to and fro and doing this and doing that. And I'm not saying what they're doing isn't important, but it's not as important as this. And that's for sure. That's one thing God began to show me right off the bat, that being in His presence, reading His Word, is what would bring His faith into my life. And that's what will bring results. And so this is what God wants to do for every person. This is not some, you know, the, you know, this only happens in the Hamptons or this only happens, you know, in South Florida or where all the rich people are, whatever the case is. No, this is for everyone. That's the proclamation of the Old Testament in preparation was that unto all, amen, God said he was going to pour out his spirit, praise God. And so this is what is happening. It's wonderful. It heals. It delivers. You know, praise God. God just does it. He just comes into a place and begins to move in our midst in Jesus' name. And so you can expect the same thing because the scripture teaches us that Jesus Christ, who is the representative of God in the New Testament, amen, he was born at Bethlehem as a man. He was totally man, like they said. But the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance unto the captives, the recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. That was Jesus' lead-off speech. And then he closed the book. And the Bible says that his ending statement was, or before he closed the book, he says, these things are happening right before you right now. Right before your eyes and ears, they're happening. I'm not hiding this. I'm not doing this someplace way back in the North 40 so nobody knows about it. I'm doing this in the big city. I'm doing it in the little city. I'm doing it on the farm. I'm doing it everywhere, praise God. There's nobody in this world that is not affected by what God is doing. Now having said all of that, you must understand God still has never taken away the privilege of choice. He does not say you better do this or else. He will explain to you the consequences. But he's not going to say you better do it or else. This is our choice. 
And so this is what makes this special. This is what makes this special. I don't know if there's conversations in heaven anymore. I, don't, I doubt it, but there might be, between the devil and God. But if there were, humor me. Just a minute. Okay? I believe there might be a time when God says, devil, come here. And you know, when God says he gotta, he's got to do that. He's, when God says do something, he's got to do it. You look over there. Where? Look at Gillette, Wyoming. Do you see that? See that little group over there that's in that building there? Now watch this. You know, that not-so-good piano player is going to come to the piano, and he's going to try to play some stuff. But watch the crowd. Watch them. And look at them. And after a while, and God, you know, I mean, he'd be smiling and loving it and everything like that. And then he'd look at the devil, and he'd say, by the way, devil, I want to remind you of something. All of them are doing that because they want to. They've come to church this morning because they want to. And that's what makes a difference in this, folks. This is the thing that has to get a hold of every human being. It has to be part of what they want to do. And when it happens, folks, I'm telling you, anything can happen. God. And something I have learned over the years, that my want to is stronger than my feeling. And somebody in here needs to receive that. Amen. That doesn't mean you don't have feelings. Doesn't mean that sometimes you don't feel like doing it. Join the I don't feel like doing it club. But because you want to, you know you're going to do it anyway, praise God. And boy, you know what that becomes? Listen to me now. You know what that becomes? That becomes a sacrifice. You don't have to offer a bull or a, or a goat or, or, you know, a lamb anymore. You begin to offer these kind of sacrifices to God. And God begins to see them and he, and he begins to receive that in Jesus' name. That is not working your way to heaven. That's called pleasing to the Lord. And that's what it is, my friend. That's a witness that goes up, praise God. I've had people call us everything from, you know, nuts to crazy to whatever. But, you know, they, they walk away. Some of them walk away and go, well, the one thing about it, man, those folks really believe in what they're doing. Well, that's why. Because we believe in the God that helps us to understand these things. And so we have boldness. We can come into his throne room now. The veil has been opened. Amen. When Jesus died on the cross, that was one of the last things that, that, was, that stands out, is that that veil, which was very thick, amen, was rent from top to the bottom. And it was signifying that God has now opened up the way for people to come in. Not just priests, not just appointed ones, praise God, but everyone who wants to in Jesus' name. That's what we want folks to begin to see. Not only in this city, this county, this area, but everywhere in this world in Jesus' name. That's what God is doing in Jesus' name. Can you say amen? Oh, let's just one more time. Let's just lift up our hands and thank Him. Thank Him for what He's doing. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. What a privilege. What a privilege. What an invitation you give to us.
Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. That's right. I am not ashamed of what Jesus is doing. Not ashamed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise God. Wonderful. Praise God. Let me give you a little Bible study here this morning to kind of cap this off. It's found in um, 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 2 is where I'm going to start. First <clears throat> uh, and 2 Timothy are referred to as the pastoral epistles, just simply because um, of who they were written to and what they were trying to do, but I believe anybody and everybody can glean from them. In 2 Timothy, Paul makes reference to something. He says in verse 19 of the second chapter, 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 19, he says, nevertheless, he says, the foundation of God, everybody say amen, amen. standeth sure. It stands steady. That's why you can feel um, a solidity, you know, when you walk into the house of God, that, you know, maybe your week's been woo, 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 woo. Praise God. I'll never forget my wife and I went to, um, uh, because of you, you paid for it. For our 25th anniversary here, you gave us a, um, um, uh, a cruise to Alaska. And man, we enjoyed it. It was a great time. I've never been on a big boat like that before. But I'll never forget one night as we were going up the inner coast there, um, the, uh, for whatever reason, there was some waves and stuff like that. In the bed. I, I went, wow, this is cool. This is really cool. You know, then the Titanic came to my mind, and I'm thinking they hit a nice, no, I'm just kidding. But, um, you know, but the, it was really kind of neat the way that worked. And it wasn't a, um, it wasn't some, oh, you better be scared, head for the lifeboat type of thing. It was just a comforting thing knowing that this is a big boat. This thing ain't going to sink. I didn't say it was unsinkable. But it wasn't going to sink. It was just going to be there. And what a comfort, you know, to understand that we, we had people that were in charge that knew the way and that stuff and so on and so forth. Well, it's kind of like that with us. In the Old Testament, one of the representations of where the church needed to be was in Noah's time for the ark. And people who got in that ark, I believe they felt the storm. But they rode above it, praise God, and God saved them for a better time. And so you and I, we can understand these kind of things, that God isn't going to keep the storm from us, but he's going to put us in something that will help us to be saved. Paul, one of his last, you know, stories was the fact that he ends up going to Rome, but one of the places where he ends up is on an island because the ship he was on ended up disintegrating. But one of the things that God prophesied to him was get everybody to stay on the boat until, amen. And so I don't know if all of this New Testament stuff we're doing is going to last, but I do know it's got some purpose. Now watch this. The Bible says, The foundation of God stand this sure, having this seal. The Lord knoweth them that are His. God knows who you are. And let everyone that departed, or that nameth the name of Christ, depart from iniquity. That's what we have to consider, folks. Selfish, you know, our, our way. And then it says, but in a great house, it says there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and of earth, some to honor and some to dishonor. Amen. 
And so this morning, I want to help you to understand that's what happens. Sometimes people come into the house of God, and they're there for a purpose. And I think through Scripture, we can see that. Now, you understand that metal is a lot stronger than wood. It just is. We were out at our deck the other day, and I was looking at our deck, and it's only 12 years old, 13 years old, but it's already, you can see the signs of wear. You can see that, hey, you know, no matter how good you take care of it, the elements have a way of beating against it and that type of thing, and it, it just deteriorates. That's what happens. And so you must understand that sometimes God will even allow, when it comes to human beings, people to come in. And I believe there's always a choice. Every person can be made of metal, but some people just choose to be wood and that type of thing. In the Old Testament, to take it from his Bible study on Wednesday night, there was a man that was like that, that demonstrates that for us. And his name was Saul. Saul, come to find out, was only built with wood. But God, will, God used him. There was no question about it. Let me give you a little background here. What had happened in the book of Samuel, I want you to see this. Look at Samuel chapter number 8. And you'll see the real motivation behind having a king. See, the children of Israel, and it's unfortunate because God knows who they are. I'm not the judge here, but God knows the people who, they aren't going to serve him. They ain't going to do it. And I'm not pointing out anybody. I'm just saying it becomes evident after a while because their life is not built with metal. It's built with wood, and it begins to deteriorate. Even in the house of God, I've seen people do that. And Saul was one of them. But listen, it wasn't his fault. The people, look at chapter number 8. And the Bible says that Samuel was having a hard time because he knew it wasn't the will of God for them to have an earthly king. But through their relentlessness and their persistence, and you must understand, God isn't going to keep you from everything. If you want to keep on sinning and you want to keep on going down a certain road, God will do everything he can to try to stop that. But after a while, he's going to let you go. That's just the way it is in the kingdom of God. And that's not me trying to be a judge. That's just me observing. Praise God. And if you go down certain roads, you're just going to get hooked up with wood. And that's just what it's going to be. And so in the 8th chapter, the Bible says in verse 19, I'll just shorten this up a little bit. The scripture says, Nevertheless, it says, The people refused to obey the voice of Samuel. Samuel was lobbying for, Don't do this. This is going to, this is going to make a mess. But the people said, no, this is what we want. And so the Bible says, and they said, nay, but we will have a king over us. And so here's where it started. And the Bible says they gave the reasons for it. Look at, there's three of them. We want a king so we can be like everybody else. Isn't that amazing? Come on, there's not one person in this room that doesn't get tempted with that. You look at how other people dress. You look at how other people live. You look at how other people have things. And don't tell me that you don't get a little lump in your throat saying, man, I wish I had that. We all do. But we understand that what God's got for us is better. And this is what we got to keep reminding ourselves. Come on, folks. The Bible doesn't tell us it's wrong to be tempted. But it tells us we got to learn to resist temptation. we got to learn to see it for what it is. That that's just wood. That's just stubble. That's that kind of stuff is just going to be here for a while. And it's going to be gone. I don't know where it's at. I have no idea where it's at. I have no idea where it's at, Harmon. 
But it was the nicest car I ever had the first time. 1968 Firebird overhead cam six with a four barrel. I could get rubber in all three gears, folks. But I'll guarantee it's probably not even to be found. Looked pretty nice when I got it. I'm telling you, folks, that's the way the world is. And that doesn't mean that you can't have things. It just means you've got to watch yourself with that kind of an attitude. This is what got them into trouble. They wanted to be like everybody else. Come on, you're serving the one God. That should be the furthest thing from your mind. But it wasn't. And then the Bible says, we want him to judge us. You see, we're always after human, man. I can get around this guy. I can make him look like, like things are okay. You and me, we got the Spirit of God. We got something in us that says, oh, wait a minute here. I discern something there. See, we want people. We want people, and that's what happened to the nation, is they gave up the best thing they had. And then the third thing is that we want you to fight for us. We want the benefits. We want to come in, man, and we want the good meals, and we want all the privileges and stuff, but we want you to go out and fight for us. And folks, that's classic. That's where our world is at. And that's why when you come into an apostolic church, like you did this morning, you're going to enjoy the privileges that God has for you. But believe me, there's going to be some battles you're going to fight this week. And you and I must be willing to do that. And that's where Saul came in. Amen. He didn't, get, he didn't allow that, that gold and that silver in the Spirit of God to begin to be developed in him. He still had the scaffolding, praise God. And that's what you're going to find in the house of God. God doesn't, doesn't say nobody can come. He lets everybody come. But even in a place like this, there's decisions that have to be made. What are you going to be made out of? Are you going to let God, come on folks, you can heat wood up a little bit, but it's going to burn in a hurry. But you take something like gold and silver, praise God, you can put the fire to that. You can begin to purify that. You can begin to heat that up the way God wants it to be heated up. And that's why it's important, praise God, for us to recognize what he's doing here. Amen. And so this is what was happening in the kingdom of, 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 of Israel back then. Now let me fast forward here because you can study the life of Saul and it's a good study. He made some mistakes and I'm not holding that against him. He had plenty, plenty, plenty of times to repent. Just like you and just like me. God didn't just say one and, one and done. He gave Saul opportunity after opportunity to turn it around. And that's what God is doing right now to our world. That's why sometimes people will tick us off. They'll keep screwing with us, messing with us, whatever you want to say. And we'll say, God, why don't you bring fire down from heaven? Well, that's coming. But right now, I'm trying to get them to change. That's what God is doing. He's trying to get this world to repent. Amen. I felt that this morning when I was praying back there. The spirit of repentance, praise God. And that don't mean I'm better than anybody else. It just means that because I'm in a position that I'm at, God, I can pray. I can please you. I can say, God, touch this city. Touch this county. Touch this state. Touch this Rocky Mountain district. I pray that way many times every week, praise God. Why? Because this is what it takes to get the medal. Amen. And a long story short, unfortunately, that's not what Saul did. That's not what he did. 
Now watch this. Uh, look at the 15th chapter of the book of, of, um, of 1 Samuel. And watch, I'm cutting in, cutting in on, the, on the story. Brother Fitzner so beautifully taught it Wednesday night. How that God gave him the marching orders. He said, you go on to Malachi, or the Amalekites, and I want you to completely destroy the whole nation. Now I know that's a tall order, but you've got to understand the history of the Amalekites. They were not going to be converted. Never. God said that. And when God says something, folks, it happens. Whether you and I want to believe it or not, it's, it happens. And so there was a time when they had plagued that nation and God put the responsibility on Saul and said, lead that army out there and take no prisoners. Now I know that sounds cruel to us and that's why I'm glad I'm living in the New Testament. But nevertheless, folks, in the Old Testament, there was a lot of blood and guts. And I'm not trying to be gross here. I'm just saying God gave them the marching order and he didn't do it. He became selective. And watch this. There's a trail here that gives you an indication of what kind of metal he's made of. Now watch this. The scripture says, and Samuel said, Samuel was the spokesman for God. He said, when thou wast little, small, insignificant, unimportant. That's what the word means. But in our little, hey, pat everybody on the back and tell them they're doing great society, it don't work. People want to be important. And yes, there's coming a day when you will be in the kingdom of God. But right now, you've got to stay in the kingdom of God and make him important. And so the scripture says that Samuel says, when you were in that state, he says, in thine own eyes, wast thou not made the head of the tribes of Israel and the Lord appointed thee to be king over Israel. You didn't get to be king, Saul, because you were some great person. It's because of what you were being built out of. And then the Bible says, and the Lord sent thee on a journey. The, way, the, road there, or the word there literally means a way, a road, a manner. God had a path set out for you to walk, just like he does for us. And that's why some people don't have the metal, because they won't walk the road. Jesus said, there's a way, or not Jesus, but the Old Testament said, there's a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the ways thereof are death. Jesus said, Narrow is the way to salvation. And wide is the way to destruction. Come on, somebody here, you've got to get this. Do you want to be built out of gold and silver? If you want to be, God's got a pathway. He's got a way. He's got a manner in which you can do that. And you can't become selective any more than I can. We can't pick and choose. We just must obey. Now this is Saul, folks. I know this is Old Testament, but man, this can really teach us a lot. Now come on, you were shouting, man, when I was talking about the benefits of God just a minute ago, but all of a sudden, man, I just put you in a place where, I, where God could teach you something. You're going to sit there and become a manigan? Come on, folks. you got to like this stuff too. And I'm not finding fault, folks. I'm not asking for your response. But man, don't look at me like some deer in the headlight. You know what this is. Come on, you came into this and right away you saw this was serious. Now this is a little way of, of explanation. God is trying to help you to understand just what it, what's going on here. He's trying to build you out of something that's going to be around long after the wood and the stable and the stubble is gone. Come on, folks, I don't know where that 68 Firebird is, but I know nobody's driving it now. Nobody's driving it now. And so here he is. 
The Lord sent you on a journey and said, go and utterly destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until they be consumed. The word means destroyed. It was not meant to anybody's interpretation there. And the scripture says, and by the way, the Amalekites are a a tremendous type and shadow of sin. You and I have to fight against sin until it is destroyed. Amen. That's what it is. And so the Bible says, Wherefore thou didst not obey the voice of God, or the Lord, but didst fly, or seize the booty upon the spoil, and didst evil in the sight of the Lord. He got to looking at some of the stuff that these people had, and he wanted it. That's why we got to be careful, folks. There are going to be temptations. And then the scripture says, Saul said, it says, in unto Samuel, or Saul said unto Samuel in verse 20, Yea, I have obeyed the voice of God. That's wood speaking, by the way. That's what that is. Oh, I go to church. Oh, I read my Bible once in a while. Oh, I give a little offering every once in a while. Well, I'm, I'm, folks, I'm not trying to be facetious here. I'm trying to help you see what wood is. That's what that is. Yes, God will use that. You give your offerings no matter what they are to the house of God, we're going to use them just like we're going to use them tonight. We're going to have a missionary here tonight and we're going to give to that missionary. You better believe that God will use whatever people give. But folks, you better learn the difference between real gold and silver and what wood is. And that's where Saul was. Yes, he was in the nation of Israel, but he wasn't doing what God wanted him to do. And so the scripture says, I've obeyed the voice of the Lord and have gone the way which the Lord sent me and have brought Agag, the king of Amalekite. By the way, Saul, what part of verse 18 do you not understand? And so the scripture says, here's Saul backpedaling. And that's exactly what wood will do, folks. Well, I don't know if you really need to be baptized. That is speaking in tongues. I, I, I just don't. Listen, folks, that's wood talking. And we've got to be careful that we don't get, we get that out of our lives. Amen. Because the Bible says here, it says that Saul really identified where he was at. In verse 21, but the people took the spoil. It says, sheep and oxen, the chief of the things which should have been utterly destroyed to sacrifice unto the Lord thy God in Gilgad. He's making excuses for what he didn't do for the Lord. And this is what I see a lot of the movements today doing. Well, we do this, we're trying to do that, and we're trying to do this. And we better be careful, folks. It's wood talking. Here, let me get to the end of it here. It says, And Samuel said, Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices, as in obeying the voice of the Lord. Here's what sets the tone. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Wood and stable and straw and all that stuff can sacrifice. They can. But it really comes down to gold and silver that will obey what God has to say no matter what. Now, I understand you're getting quiet here, and I'm not reprimanding you for it. But, folks, God is doing a deep work here in these last days. And you must understand, one of the things that will, that, that will, that will put wood and st- stubble in our lives in a hurry is this. 
He said, behold, he said in verse 22, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken or to listen than the fat of rams. And then he identifies two things in the next verse. And I think you brought it out Wednesday night a little bit. First one was rebellion. And let me just identify rebellion to you. Rebellion just says, I ain't doing it. Got kids? You know what I'm talking about. No. Yeah. It, it's what it is. Rebellion just says, I ain't doing it. But stubbornness is different. Look at this. It says in verse 23, for rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Do you know what witchcraft is identified as in there? Divination. And you know what that really means? You are putting yourself in the place of God. That's what you're doing when you rebel. He's saying, I don't care what he says. Don't matter how how he says it. I ain't doing it. And I know it isn't quite as obvious as what I'm portraying it as up here, but basically that's what it is. We live in a world that is being very rebellious. And so the, the, the prophet identified them as being a witch, trying to be God. And then he went on to say, in stubbornness, now there's the one that's a little more st- subtle. subtle or st- stubbornness is as iniquity and idol- idol- idolatry. Stubbornness worships its own opinion. That's why it's an idol. And that's the one that's going to get heated up constantly in our lives. Is your opinion worth more than God's? I'm not asking you to answer that. I'm just saying, you're going to more than just say that. You're going to have to prove that over and over and over and over again. That's why Paul told the young preacher, well, he probably wasn't real young at that time, he's growing up. He said, this is what's going to happen in the house of God, in that great house. There's going to be people that are going to come into that house of God and they're going to be willing, they're not perfect, but they're going to be willing to come in and sacrifice and do what God wants them to do no matter what. Yeah, they're going to have to learn some lessons, but the bottom line or at the end of the day, it's what God says is what's going to go. And then there are going to be people that are going to come in and they're going to look at this and they're going to see all the side benefits and say, I want that. But you know, this obeying the scripture stuff, I don't know about that one. And the Bible says they're going to be built out of something different. Amen. And then it gives the, the opposite, or it gives the two bookends. One is going to be for honor, honor unto the Lord, and another is going to be for dishonor. And that's what I have made up my mind to, folks, and I'm not perfect here. But I want to be a vessel unto honor. I want to be someone who, yes, i got to study the scriptures and not just take what my forefathers say, hear, say, but I want to study and find out what does that Bible say? What does it mean by that? What does true New Testament 2020 holiness mean to me right now? Not what they taught me 25 or 40 years ago. 
And I'm not disrespecting my elders. I'm telling you folks, I want to know what does it mean now? And you know what I'm finding out? It means exactly the same thing. That when God creates a man and a woman, he creates them with distinction. When God creates somebody and, and fills them with the Holy Ghost, he wants them to be an honor unto them. Praise God. Now you can sit here and fuss and cuss about all this stuff, but I'm here to tell you folks, it's the same stuff in the name of Jesus. God is building his church. He's allowing it to go through the fire. And he knows that the wood won't last. He knows that the wood will burn up in a hurry. So he's got to build the vessel with something that can withstand stuff. And folks, you can talk about computer age, you can talk about technology, but it's all the same. It comes down to hearing and obeying. It comes down to whether this word is true or it isn't true. Whether this is somebody trying to make you do something or not, it comes down to the want to. And this is what, this is what happened. Praise God. Now here's, another, here's the last chance that Saul's getting. Here's, here's his last chance, in my opinion. This is just me. God's rejected you, Saul. Not as a soul, but you're no more leader. We can't have a leader. That's vacillating. Thank you for a little bit of... I, I, I think you were recommending me Wednesday night. I think he was. I, thank you for that recommendation. But that's what you get. Listen, folks, it's not my gospel. It's not my way or the highway. But I'm going to tell you something, folks. I've been in this thing too long. It's this book. I am going to preach everything that God gives me out of this book. And I'm not going to sit here flat-footed and tell you you better do it or else. But, folks, I'm going to tell you something. This is the way it is. I want to be a vessel unto honor for the Lord. And I believe there's people here that that's exactly what you want. And God wants to help you and understand that there's some wood in our lives that sometimes we've got to tear it down and we've got to put in the stuff that God wants us to put in. In Jesus' name. Saul wasn't condemned to hell after this. He was just saying, I can't have you to be the leader. It was his pride and his iniquity that led him to backslide and eventually to worship a, a, another god. That was what did it. But at this point in time, God is still trying to reach this guy. And that is the amazing love of God. Is that he gives us opportunity after opportunity to begin to see things. To see things through his eyes in Jesus' name. And this is what God wants you to do here this morning. Now tonight, you don't have to listen to me. We got a, we got a missionary that's coming. And I appreciate that. And we're going to have a great time in the house of God. But right now, I, I think we need to take a few minutes and we need to stand or sit or you want to kneel or whatever the case is. But I believe God wants to help us to thoroughly examine, praise God, our lives. Come on, there's some gold and some silver here that God wants to put into your life and into my life that can replace that wood that's, that's just falling apart that really isn't standing the test in Jesus' name. Let's give God an opportunity to do that. Come on, let's, let's not waver in Jesus' name. Praise God. Let's let God do what He wants to do in the name of Jesus. Come on, let's let God do what He wants to do in this place in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Amen.